0: And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set, with your host, Darren Starr. Whew. Jesus. Man, it has been a little while, hasn't it? Ugh, I don't even have any idea what episode number this is, and I'm not going to pretend like I know. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for remembering that this podcast exists, because I apparently had forgotten. Just kidding. I had not forgotten. Uh, I was, uh, I, I had a lot of stuff going on, which is no excuse, but at the same time, you know, this last weekend I was traveling, uh, which... Uh, uh, meant Friday and Monday, Um, last Friday and this most recent Monday were travel days. Those are usually my podcast days. So oftentimes I'd try to say, okay, we'll we'll record an episode the day before the day after. Um, But because of the travel, it meant that my week was a little compressed. So the days were just too busy as it was anyway. So it just didn't happen. There's really no way it could have in retrospect, nothing I really could have done about it. So going back the previous Monday. So today is. October 4th, the first Friday in October, Um, the 30th was the final Monday in September. So a week before that, the 23rd, that was my root canal, which was fun. Uh, So just goes to show, as I have summarized for people, and again, for the dentally squeamish out there, I will not go into detail, um, I purposely did no reading into what a root canal was before I went and had that procedure done, because I didn't want to know. And so anybody right now, it's like, hey, I'm gonna educate Darren. Let me shoot him an email. No, don't. I still don't want to know. I don't care. Um, it will ruin my life if you tell me. So I'm, I'm keeping my head in the sand. I don't want to know. Um, but it just goes to show, like that procedure, it was there was zero pain experienced throughout the whole thing, and it was still just about the most uncomfortable experience of my life. So. It was about three and a half hours long in the chair, um, which was pretty miserable, um, and it, after the uh, after the numbing wore off, it felt like I got punched in the face. Um, it was pretty, uh, pretty serious, <laughs> and that lasted about a day, and then the next day I was fine, and since then it's been fine, so no issues there. Um, I still need to go in for one, if not two more follow-up appointments on this stupid tooth, which uh, just has me pissed beyond belief, but, uh, whatever I'm dealing with it. So I'm putting on my big boy pants or trying to, uh, <laughs> might be, might be failing a little bit on that front. I don't know. Uh, I've, I've definitely, uh, I've definitely been happier. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> not, uh, not thrilled about it, not thrilled about it, but I'm getting by it's, it's all good. It's all good. I will survive. So, uh, what's going on? we got a lot of stuff to go over here. The first thing, um, the first order of business is is uh, there will be, maybe, by the time you listen to this, now that depends, of course, on when you listen to it, but uh, I'm hoping maybe later today or by tomorrow, Saturday, um, up on the website at thedropset.com, there will be a new poll, and that poll is going to have you voting on what the new logo is going to be. So um, I have a graphic designer working furiously right now, um, cooking up some designs. I think there will be four options, and I will present those, and hopefully they are good options. Just full disclosure, I have done this before recently. I did this about a week and a half ago. Hired a designer to come up with four options, and they were all terrible. They are all just lousy, so I'm like, I'm not going to submit these for voting because... I don't want any of them. So we'll see what happens with this. But as it stands right now, um, it is in the works. And uh, once I have some options available, uh, they will be posted online. The dropset.com, right at the top, there will be a poll that says, pick one of these, which one do you like? And I'll have them all listed there. Uh, the, the complicating factor there is... I'm doing this through Fiverr and they only give you so long um, before uh, with the communication break between the person that you're working with. So I will need everybody to go and vote within like 48 hours. so if you if you follow me on Instagram, I will post in my Instagram story um, once they are up there and I want everybody to go and vote. I want to get as many votes as possible uh, before uh, before it's time for me to respond to dude and let him or her know uh, what we're doing, which one we're going to proceed with. And so this won't be the final version. I mean, you know, what I'm getting here is like an idea and then we can still make adjustments based on like colors, you know, font, that kind of stuff. But which general, uh, which general design do we want to pursue and tweak is going to be the question. So, um, the, the current, uh, current poll that's up there is a little bit old, but we've gotten a, a good number of votes on it. So touched on the results previously, once before, have you competed before? It's a f- 58, 42, 58% either says yes, or, um, I'm Oh, hold on. No, I read that wrong. I read that wrong. No, sorry. Not 58, 42. It's 84, 16, 84, 16, 84% of people either have competed before or are planning to, or thinking about it. 16% no, and are not interested. So, uh, it, that, uh, it, is demographic information that is surprising to me. Um, I am kind of surprised it is not consistent with my clientele, which is more about a 50, 50 split. Um, 50% have competed or want to 50% no desire. So that's interesting. Interesting. So let's see, what do we got? We got, we, there's so much stuff to talk about here. I did a little, uh, vacation recently. <laughs> Hold on. Hold the phone. Time out. Let's back that up. I did not do a vacation recently. I went to Oregon recently. It is not a vacation, especially when you leave on a Friday morning and you come back Monday night. Um, going cross country when you're only over there for two full days—that's an exhausting trip. And as you can probably hear in my voice right now, I'm tie red. I'm tired. And and on top of that, I feel like I, just as of this morning when I woke up, I feel like I'm kind of coming down with something. I got a little scratchy throat thing. So I kind of said, you know what, we should do a podcast earlier rather than later because things might go south in a hurry. I don't know. So here we are. Uh, it was a good trip. Everybody's doing well. Um, everybody's fine. Uh, my aunt and uncle were there. They live in eastern Oregon, which if you're familiar with the Pacific Northwest, you know the eastern Oregon is basically a different country. Uh... Even more so than, like, Eastern Washington versus Seattle. Because Eastern Washington has, you know, Spokane, which is a real city. Um, my, my aunt and uncle, they live in Joseph, Oregon. And uh, it, it's just, it it's a different world. It really is. And they acknowledge that, and that is why they like it out there. Um, they like the fact that, you know, in, in the county there's, like, one real grocery store. And they, they have to drive, like, you know... 20 minutes, which for them is across like three towns in order to get to it. Um, uh, It's just, it's, it's very different, very different. Uh, My aunt told the story of how one time last month um, they, uh, they have a friend who's a a pilot and uh, they just, you know, decided one morning they were going to go out for breakfast. So they uh, hopped in the guy's plane and they all flew to Idaho for breakfast. It's like, that's very different. It's just a totally foreign concept to me. So, um, but nonetheless, very cool. They're, they're awesome. And I tell you what, I hadn't seen them probably in 15 years. Um, and they just have not changed a bit. They really haven't. Very cool to talk to them. Uh, good to catch up with everybody. I got to see both brothers and their families as well. So that was cool. So good, good times, good times. Good for the soul. Good to be back. Hard to be away from home, but, uh, worth it. I think I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy and glad I made the trip for sure. So, Um, what else? Um, I guess the only other thing is just a, a quick disclaimer. Um, if anybody out there who is a nerd and gets inundated with, you know, ads for, you know, like you're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and you see ads for, you know, mobile games that you can download or whatever. I've never been one of those, but eventually I I suck. I got sucked into one. I'm like, I'm going to give that a shot. Sure. Why not? I, I do in a regret. I'm doing a big regret on that one. Star Trek fleet command is highly addictive. So uh, consider this to be a, a a public disclaimer and a warning. Um, If, if you enjoy your sanity and having free time where you're not looking at a phone screen, do not download this app. Uh, Do not download this game. Do not get involved. Do not get sucked in. Um, It is, entertaining and and yet highly frustrating at the same time that that's all I'm going to say about it but just just a disclaimer and a warning I'm trying to do y'all a favor here I'm trying to trying to perform a, a public service here and and keep the masses happy and productive that's all I'm trying to do so with that being said, um, let's get into it here, and I want to go over first of all. I, I get, you know, I've got a bunch of uh, a bunch of emails or a bunch of voicemails to go over, and some emails as well that I want to cover here. First one is from uh, Trish. Um, hi Trish, how you doing? Former client, um, and she said uh, she has a question. She says. There's a guy in my gym that trains his own client in the gym on Sunday mornings when the regular staff, trainers, and management are not there. I just don't think it is fair to the trainers that are employed at the gym. Isn't the protocol for most gyms to not allow other trainers to train clients if they are not on the payroll? Thanks. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, not, uh, And I would love to think that gym owners are being altruistic and just really want their their uh, employees and their staff to have the best possible experience and give them a little bit of leverage in, in gathering and maintaining clientele, but that has nothing to do with it. It's entirely about liability, and if some trainer, some dude who is not an official trainer at the gym, is there training their client who is also a member of the gym and something happens, that member absolutely has legal recourse through the gym um to to pay for medical costs, et cetera. Pain and suffering, damages, you name it. So as a business owner, yeah, uh it it is smart for the business owner to put their foot down and stamp that shit out in a hurry. Um is it likely? No. Does it happen? You're damn right it happens. Absolutely it happens. Uh Uh-huh. Uh it sure does. So and that is why, you know, most facilities, not all, most, um, that, that's the main reason why a trainer needs a certification. It's not because it makes them good, because it doesn't, um, but uh, it makes it uh, easier or more cost-affordable, more cost-effective for that trainer to get liability insurance coverage. So, uh, you know, I, I, It looks good on paper as well, having certifications, but ultimately uh, what, what you need as a facility is you need trainers that can be insured. And it is unlikely that you will be providing that insurance. It is more likely that the trainer will be required as an independent contractor to provide it for themselves, and as such, it's much more cost-effective to uh, uh, to get insurance if you are uh, certified through you know some kind of certification agency. So. Uh, I could, I could go on for a long cynical rant about the, the utility of personal training certifications coming from a guy who, spoiler alert, is not certified. Uh, I used to be, and it lapsed because it was not worth maintaining because what I do now, um, let, let me try and make a guess here as to what percentage of what I do now was actually covered in my ACSM training certification curriculum uh, is 0%. I, I certainly do not think there is, actually, a single relevant piece of material that I was tested on um, that has any applicability for what I do today and I'm not exaggerating with that. I really don't think so. Part of that is because you know there was some stuff that was covered in that course that I already knew, so I didn't learn anything from it. But what they talked about there were a lot there was a lot of math problems about calculating vo2 max, et cetera. Completely and totally worthless. I remember there was a big, long, drawn-out chapter in the book on how to take somebody's blood pressure with a sphygmomanometer. Completely and totally worthless. Um, So, so much of that was worthless. I did some supplemental certifications as well through AFPA on nutrition. Those were not totally worthless, but still have very, very little practical use in a, in a bodybuilding sense. There was some good basic information in those, but as far as like dietary construction and principles when it comes to bodybuilding, 100% worthless, 100%. So, uh, one question that I do get a lot is somebody from a, somebody who's an aspiring trainer, they're looking for a certification. What certification should I go for? And I will say whichever one is the cheapest. Um, because ultimately, you're not going to learn much from that. That is really all that relevant. That was my experience with ACSM, American College of Sports Medicine. Here's your ringing endorsement. Your certification sucks. It just fucking blows. It's worthless. It's crap. It's garbage. Um, and yet, for some reason, it has a pristine reputation. Uh, my my first warning should have been when the guy on the cover, the trainer on the cover of the textbook, uh, is wearing slacks and a polo shirt. I'm like, yeah. This probably isn't going to be loaded with relevant information. Um, I think there were about a total of ten pages in a three hundred page textbook that talked about um, exercise mechanics, um, and it was very much like, "Here's how you squat. You know, st- you, you know, put your hands out in front of you and bend yourself at the knees until you go down." I'm like, really? That's how we're teaching a squat. It's not even a weighted squat. Like, good Lord. Anyway, that is not Trisha's point. Trisha's point is, hey, is this kosher? And the answer is no. And so what I would say is, um, you know, I know the phrases, you know, the phrase snitches get stitches, but at the same time, it, the owner of your facility is going to want to know that that's happening. So if you see that, I would probably make sure that they are aware of it at least Um and uh, I, I've seen this happen at, at my gym as well, and they actually have on a chalkboard where they put up all their announcements and stuff in huge letters. The announcement change changes, but so, some things that are on the right side of that board never change. It's always no kids on the gym floor. There's apparently a written exception for if you're a trainer because the trainer's kids are always on the gym floor, one in particular. Um, no uh, you know, socks and, and shirts required. Uh, the socks thing gets broken all the time. I saw it the other day and just about threw up. Uh, and uh, no freelance training, so they're they're pretty particular on that. I've seen people breaking that, nonetheless. So, um, anyway, great question, great question. And then uh, a follow up. Well, not a follow up, a, a separate question. And then we're going to get to some voicemails here. Um, this comes from Sally. Hi, Sally. How you doing? Um, and she has a great point here. She says. Uh, And she she provides this question in quotes as well. Um, Will training obliques make my waist wider? And why do women's bodybuilding groups think this is true if it's not? So there's a question here. Should we uh, train obliques all the time or do you just pepper them in occasionally? Are there any times you intentionally remove oblique training from programming? Um, There is uh, no time that I intentionally remove much of any kind of training from programming. Um, I know I, I hear from people all the time who like their their shoulders are a strength. And so they're like, I haven't trained shoulders in a year and a half. I'm like, okay, um, that's fine. Or I never train arms. Okay, that's fine. Um typically I, I I will very rarely ever advocate skipping something entirely unless we're, you know, trying to protect an injury or something like that. So Uh, and that includes abs. That includes calves. I haven't trained calves in forever just because I'm trying to work through some foot issues right now and strengthening my calves and growing them more is only going to exacerbate the problem. So therefore no calves for me. That that's a legit reason to not do something. Um, but as far as like, no, I don't do this like, so I can make room for other stuff. Well, you should still train them a little bit because you're going to develop, um, strength imbalances. Otherwise, like, you know, you're, Shoulders or your arms may be an aesthetic strength, but if you don't train them while you train everything else around them, they're going to become relatively weaker, which could lead to, I mean, not so much with, with, arms, but especially with like, you know, chest, back, glutes, hamstrings, etc., can lead to postural imbalances. So I never really advocate skipping anything. We can hit it with less frequency for sure. Um, but we should still hit it. Absolutely. Um, so will training obliques, obliques make your waist wider? The answer to that is yes, but, um, so yeah, it does. Um, but you know, in any appreciable way, no. I mean, you know, if you train your obliques to the point where your waist grows an inch, uh, you have some freakish oblique genetics. Uh, no, I mean they they just don't they don't grow that way. They don't grow. And I mean, are they gonna? Is it gonna get a little wider? Yeah, maybe like you know your circumference the circumference of your waist might grow by like a millimeter or something like that. Um, so I, one thing I see uh, on YouTube or in, in blog post articles about like exercises not to do, and it's always weighted side bends, and the, the reason there being that, well, the, working your obliques this way is just gonna make them make them wider. And it's gonna make your waist wider. Like, well, that that used to be the thought about deadlifts as well. And I think just within the last few years, the mainstream opinion is finally coming around on that. Like, deadlifts does not make your waist wide. Um, if anything, it makes it appear smaller because it will make your hip structure appear a little bit more, um, uh, make your hip structure larger, which is going to make your waist look smaller. Um, the reason not to do weighted side bends is because it's a garbage bullshit exercise that doesn't do anything, not because it's going to make your waist wider. Um, but if you want to do like, you know, cable oblique crunches or something like that, yeah, absolutely. You know what it's going to do? It's going to make it look like you've got a good old slab of beef on the side of your midsection. Um, when you flex your obliques, it's not going to make your waist wider. And if you're not flexing it super hard, it's not going to look like much, but yeah, especially if you're, if you're doing like, you know, women's physique and you want to hit an abdominal thigh shot and you kind of torque your, you know, hips to one side a little bit to bring that out. That's money. It looks good, it doesn't make your waist look wider um well, I mean it depends on it depends on the uh the specific like density and fiber construction of your obliques like w- with you specifically like they could make you look a little bit wider for sure, depending on how lean you are um but it's not actually going to make it wider so that's something that can be dealt with through posing that's not an issue there like oh yeah that makes your waist look a little bit wider let's shift you a little bit more this way um and account for that and again it's like it makes it look wider it doesn't actually make it wider so that that is a a really really solid question and it's something that i think is really also i don't know it's there's some some stuff that still needs to be debunked and maybe that needs to be a recurring segment is debunking stuff i had another idea for a recurring segment actually which was Um, shit. I want to say to clients, but don't (laughs) like anything that gets caught in the, uh, the, the, (laughs) you know how, like in your shower, you have a little hair trap to keep all that stuff from going down in the drain. Um, so my, my, between my brain and my mouth, there exists a trap like that as well. And I think it might be fun to have a segment on here, where we pull that out and see what gets left in that trap. Um, it will require me to make some notes throughout the week. And I know also I'm going to risk getting myself in the trouble, um, with some people because they'll be like, Hey, that's what you wanted to say to me, wasn't it? And then I'll have to say, no, no. But really it's like, yes. Yeah. I caught myself though. And I didn't say it. So aren't you proud of me? Uh, (laughs) there were, there were several uh, things that happened this week that made me, uh, made me want to say that. So, um, Anyway, uh, you know, on, on that note, actually, um, I had, uh, I had, I'm, I'm going to tell some, some tales out of school here as well. So, uh, well, I, I won't name names. I won't name names, but I know she, she's a listener here and I know that. So, um, hi, you know who you are or you're about to anyway. Um, she, she had a check in this week and, uh, it, it it was not a great week, but it was due to illness, etc. So it's like you know, she or he. <laughs> I, probably, I think I already said she. Okay, we'll go with she. I'll identify that much. It's a she. It's a female client of mine. She had a, a, a lousy week. Um, it was not through lack of trying. And by the time we checked in, the the pieces were getting put back together. But it was just sickness. Like she was sick. Then her family members were sick, and she had to take care of them. And it was just an off week, and there, there were other issues coming into play as well. But it was all centered around sickness. And in her check-in, she's like, please don't fire me. I'm normally not a flake. I'm like, I know you're not a flake. And then it started this discussion of like, what does it take for me to fire somebody? And um, I, I, I actually, I, I don't do this often, but I did fire somebody just this morning. Um, about 15 minutes before I recorded this podcast, I sent in now here, I will go a little bit more anonymous. Um, I sent this person an email yesterday, like, Hey, we've missed a lot of check-ins in a row. And the last time I I heard from this guy or gal, damn it. Fuck. Uh, Okay. Guy. The last time I heard from this guy, um, there was a, a there was there was an issue that was keeping him out of the gym and uh, just need a little bit more time to get over it and I, I was very clear I'm like okay that's good I, I get that no worries uh, I don't want to be hearing about this some weeks after the fact because you haven't been checking in uh, and still we need to check in regularly regardless of what's going on or not there's there's still other stuff that we need to talk about I need to see like how you, how your rest and recovery you're doing how is your diet are you still doing any cardio because we should still be able to do some of that etc what's going on i didn't get a response from that we missed another check-in this week fired him outright just like no i'm done with this uh if i have to hunt you down for a check-in i'm gonna lose my fucking patience with you real fast um <laughs> So, now, eh, real fast, I don't know. I mean, I, I am also very, very forgiving of circumstances. Like, if somebody is traveling or, like, if they went on vacation and forgot to tell me which happens, like, I get it, you know. Or you're going to be late because of X, Y, or Z. I get it. You know, shoot me an email. That'd be great. But even then, you know, if you're a day late and you say, like, I'm so sorry I'm a day late. You know, this happened, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I get it. You know, we're all humans. We're allowed to have stuff like that happen. When I send emails repeatedly and you ignore them, um, that tells me that you're not invested in the process. And everybody says like, you know what? I'm just, I'm not, I can't do this hundred percent. I don't want to waste your time. I'm like, you're not wasting my time. You're paying me. But, um, in this case, if I'm shooting emails and you're not responding to me, you are wasting my time. And I have no patience for that. None whatsoever. So, um, that, uh, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. If you want to get fired by me, that's what you got to do. Um, otherwise, um, I am a a big believer in, in turnaround. So even if you're sucking and having some real struggles or whatever, I've seen some great things come from people who are struggling for a long time. And then throughout some, you know, through some, some coaching, some troubleshooting, some problem solving, some adjustments in plans, we're able to turn it around and make things happen. So I'm never going to give up on anybody. Um, I just don't believe in that. I think that's uh, uh, one of the biggest problems with too many coaches is they expect perfection, and if it doesn't happen, they just check out on a client. and They just stop caring, and I, I don't have any patience for that either. So, <laughs> um, okay, en- enough uh, enough about that garbage. Let's uh, let's go to the voicemails here because we have a few backed up here. Once again, you want you if you've got a good one, you might get cut in line here a little bit. So, um, the the number eight six five five one eight 2974. Let's see who has called in already and beat you to it.
1: Hey Darren it's Mary in Texas and I was going to make a comment about the wellness division and then follow it up with a question as well but as far as the wellness wellness division goes I was wondering are they going to keep the women's body fat at you know a healthier percentage maybe 18 to 20% so their conditioning is not good would that be considered wellness and then the other thing is, would this be an untested division? Because we do know and we see and science backs this that, you know, sometimes the cocktails that people put together in order to be, um, to compete at a certain level can be extremely harmful, even deadly. So would that be something that they would be checking for? Uh, I just, I just kind of think this whole division is just another way for people to make money, um, in my opinion and to, also, you know, just going to make the competitions take longer. Uh, my other question was I'm really bad at my breathing. Um, I've always been bad at my breathing, even in CrossFit. And so, for instance, maybe I have a three second count at the bottom of a squat. How would I successfully be able to breathe through something like that? Thanks so much. Talk to you later.
0: All right, good questions, Mary. I appreciate that. Let's talk wellness first. So there was um there was recently uh the NPC, I think it was, put out a uh put out a something. I saved it here on Instagram. Let me pull it up. Um let's see. Here we go. So, um this is not uh guidelines on the wellness division, but it is the only new information that we have. So as far as you know, Uh, what, what kind of body fat percentage is going to be awarded? I don't know. It's a total, total guess. Are they going to be tested? No, absolutely not. Um, the question is going to become, you know, uh, what kind of aesthetic gets rewarded and then that's going to dictate, uh, what kind of substance use or abuse is going to be, uh, deemed necessary by those competing in order, in order to hit that aesthetic, uh, so certainly, you know, it's going to favor greater muscular development. So uh, there, there are going to be anabolics involved, I'm sure, just like there are in women's physique and figure to some degree and heck, even bikini, actually. Um, but uh, how much? Uh, I don't know. And also, a lot of the more harsh stuff that gets used is, is in trying to cut down. So if, if the body fat percentage that they're, that they're chasing here is not quite as extreme, um, then that that's how we avoid some some of the the harsher things. Like it's very easy to abuse clenbuterol, T three, um, Novadex, tamoxifen for women as well, which is an anti estrogen, which helps you lean out. So um, if there's less of that, then you're you're going to be healthier overall for sure. Um, taking some mild anabolics. I mean, frank, frankly, you know, it's it's not not a huge deal maker as long as you know what you're doing and you are very moderate with your dosage and, uh, you, you cycle responsibly. So that that's not going to be a huge deal breaker. I think, um, it, it's the, the, the ancillary compounds that are encouraged, uh, or, or commonly used by people who want to lean out and just get a little bit more extreme there that become a little bit more damaging. And of course, if you're going for extremes, as far as, um, Uh, growth and development, then certainly you can put together a cocktail that is really not healthy and not in your best interests. So, um, big, big question though. Big question mark. I don't know. Um, it's absolutely a money grab. It's about making shows longer as well, which is super frustrating from where I sit. Uh, but nonetheless, it is what it is. So this, uh, announcement that the NPC put out, this was just a, a couple days ago, I think, uh, just outlining what's going to happen in a calendar year. So it says, For 2020, only four height classes maximum in this division across the NPC. Four height classes maximum. So there will be a wellness A, B, C, and D. You know, I had a thought as well. What a stupid name for a division. Like, if you want to have an actual wellness division, what you should have is people walk on stage fully clothed with a printout of their latest blood work. That's your wellness division right there. And Instead, I'm sorry put put a little bit more brain power into it and come up with a better name than wellness it's just stupid and i automatically hate this division just for that um and it's easy for me to say that because nobody's competed in it yet once that happens i don't know we'll see we'll see I, i don't have high hopes i don't but we'll see i will approach it with an open mind i promise i will try um, it says to qualify, to compete in an IFBB pro qualifying contest. So they know they're saying in order to compete in a national level NPC contest, um, wellness competitors must compete in one NPC contest prior to the national level show they plan to enter. So basically saying like, you have to be nationally qualified, um, I have questions about that. Let's go on before we ask those questions. The first one um, will be, first contest to be, oh, God, this is horribly worded. First NPC wellness contest to be NPC muscle contest challenge at the Fit Expo LA in February. Not a pro qualifier, not, not a national level show. I wish they would call them national level shows. Um, NPC Junior USA and Junior Nationals will not have wellness so the national level shows in uh, Chicago and Charleston will not have wellness categories. Um, the first national level show will be the Universe. That is typically first weekend in July. First weekend in July, um, with the top two in each height class of the open qualifying, as is done for bikini and figure at this contest. So, uh, from the NPC Universe, we will be awarded our first eight pro cards in wellness. Two from each class, A, B, C, and D. At the USA's, this is in Vegas, later in July. Top two in each height class qualifying, as is done for Bikini and Figure at this show. So eight more pro cards there. So in the month of July, we will have our first 16 pros in wellness. North Americans, uh, open class winners only qualify. So four more there, so 20. Nationals, Miami, November, top two in each height class. So 28 for the year. The end of the first year, we'll have 28 pros. And that's probably going to go up. And before you know it, we'll have 500 um, two years into it. Uh, So what it doesn't say here is how you qualify for... Um, any of these national level shows. Um, so, you know, do you have to get your national qualification in wellness or can you compete in figure, get nationally qualified, and then compete in wellness? Uh, that is the correct answer just based on how the NPC has done business before, but they are not explicit about that. They should be because they're an organization that makes a lot of money and they can afford to be specific in their public statements and their press releases. So, um, yes, NPC, once again, I'm continuing my long standing history of calling you out for, um, just not being a well run organization. You are welcome. I like to keep people honest. (laughs) Uh, I don't don't know how much anybody else appreciates that, but I feel it's my duty. I got to do it. I got to do it. So, um, that, that's, that's the wellness update. That's what I know for right now. Um, Mary, you're also asking about breathing. Um, like if you've got a three count at the bottom of a squat, that's tricky because what I always tell people is, uh, Exhale with effort. Um, You know, there's there's a phase of the movement where you push harder, typically the concentric. Maybe not always, trying to think if there's an exception to that. No, I don't think so. You basically always exhale with the concentric. So on the squat, that means you breathe in on the way down, you push all that air out on the way up. Um, with a curl, you breathe out as you curl up, you inhale as you go down. On a bench press, you inhale as you go down and you breathe out as you push up. So always exhale with effort or exhale with the concentric. What do you do at a pause? That's tricky. Um, I, I think a power lifter, a squat technician would tell you you block out and you hold your breath down at the bottom. Um, I will not tell you that because uh, I have a hernia. And, uh, if I really let my intra-abdominal pressure get out of control like that, it's going to be a big problem. Um, so there is never a point during any rep when I hold my breath, um, air is always going in or out. I never block out my core like that to the point where that intra-abdominal pressure increases. Um, so I'm not a fan of that. What I will typically do is, um, stagger my breathing a little bit. So I'm going to go down. And if you've got enough weight on your back, like a three second pause at the bottom, you're going to be dying. And I think your breathing should probably reflect that. Like it might seem a little manic, (laughs) maybe something like that. Um, but be ready for a a big exhale, um, on the, uh, on, on the way up. The other thing that you could do is split the difference. So, um, you're inhaling on the way down. I think in that pause, you can continue to inhale, and then about halfway through that pause, you start your exhale, and then you continue that on your way back up. That is probably, realistically, now that I think about it, probably what I would recommend and probably the best way to do it. Um, is is split the difference so that you know the air is always moving. Is that uh, you know again in a powerlifting sense that is not going to maximize your force production. But I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about keeping things healthy and happy, and worried about maximizing muscle fatigue. So how you breathe um, is not super relevant for that, but nonetheless it should support what you're trying to do. So I think that's the best way to do it. Great question though, very good question, Mary. Thank you. So let's uh, let's see what else we got next here.
1: Hey Darren, this is Rob from Connecticut. Uh, I love the podcast. Uh, I just binged it over the last uh couple of weeks. I have a long ride into work and uh it made for an entertaining ride over the last few weeks uh i 'm really interested in training and nutrition info and always trying to learn more. I learn a lot from YouTube and podcasts like yours. Uh, I feel like I learned a whole lot from you um, and I was wondering who you like to listen to you you've mentioned on the podcast before that that you watch some youtube uh you follow some guys on youtube and stuff so i was wondering uh training and nutrition wise who you look to for information or uh even entertainment um so yeah uh thanks love the podcast bye
0: Hey Rob, thank you for that. I appreciate it. So, as you know, if you've listened to this and if you've uh, if you've binge things, you know I always cringe whenever somebody says that they they've listened to something in a, a binge episode. It's like, oh God, I just think that's too much of me at one at once. Like one episode, I think is good. I think the fact that I put out two a week, I'm pushing my luck on that. And so, if you listen to several throughout the course of a week boy, that makes me really nervous. I'm like, that's a good way to get some daring fatigue, I think. <laughs> so, um, who do I like to listen to, um, or, or, or watch or follow on YouTube specifically? I'm going to tell you this, right? Just, I'm going to be totally transparent. Nobody. Um, there are a few voices that I like to listen to and follow a little bit. So, you know, um, one uh, Jason Theobald is one. He's a guy that I formerly formerly had as a coach. Actually, um, he follows a macronutrient approach largely. Um, a, a lot of the the basic way that he does things in a flexible dieting sense um, uh, is is. It's uh, stuff that I learned from, and I, I get a lot from that. John Meadows has some good ideas. Um, we talked recently about Stan Efforting and the vertical diet. So, some of these things will come along, and somebody has a theory. Maybe they brand it, uh, they have principles that they espouse. I like to, there, there isn't any one particular person or several people that I follow, but I will listen to any and all of that stuff and cherry pick some things that I th- think sound reasonable or applicable. applicable for my clients, um, so I I will stick my hands in anywhere, and oftentimes it's uh, you're just following people on social media who will share other things as well, and th- those are some of the big names. Ben Pikulski is another one. Um, th- those are people that have good content. Ben also has a podcast. Uh, not that I want you to go listen to that instead of this, but no, it's it's good. It, it's very um, I don't. For me, I'm not an idiot. I'm a bodybuilder. I like it. That podcast is a little dry for me. Like you can get some nuggets out of it, but, uh, it's all interviews and it's with, it's a very sciencey, heady kind of show to listen to. And if I'm being super, super honest, I find it really boring. Um, there's some good information in there. You got to be patient. You got to be willing to sit through it. Um, so there is that, uh, as far as who i who I watch and follow on youtube it 's all music stuff <laughs> uh, for me YouTube is my my TV and when i 'm watching tv well it 's I mean, TV is also my TV, but uh, like, it's, uh, it's my go-to thing. Like when I'm eating, what am I going to do when I'm eating? Like I'm going to go and do my, uh, my pancake routine up in the kitchen. As soon as I finish recording this episode, that's where I stand in front of the stove, make a pancake, eat a pancake. That's my wife laughs at me every time I do that. So I tend to do it when she's not here. Like today she's at school. So today is pancake day. It's also rest day. Cause I need one. Oh crap. Do I need one? Uh, so I will, I will watch YouTube when I'm doing that or when I'm eating or whatever. And so it's always music stuff, um, you know, music production, um, drum instruction, guitar techniques, a lot of it, you know, like I'm a, I'm a, absolute shit guitarist, and I've kind of fallen off the practice wagon for guitar as well, but I still like watching the stuff, and I absorb it a little bit. Drums, I've stuck with. I watch a lot of practice tutorial technique videos on drums, and I've continued practicing that daily. Um, That has not fallen off. I do get a lot. I find that to be a, a, a... Huge, huge avenue for stress relief for me. Um, I'll I'll be working here, and I'll I'll have an hour block of of client check-ins. Which, frankly, it's an hour. It's like, yeah, it's not bad. It is exhausting. Um, It's a lot of data to sift through. It's a lot of time looking at a screen. It's a lot of time talking into a microphone, manipulating spreadsheets, and also I'm trying to be really efficient. And so I do an hour, and I don't take a break. Like I don't stand up, I don't blink for an hour. And so oftentimes I'll need to like, man. Let me go sit at the kit and terrify Taz for 15 minutes in between client check-in blocks. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of funny, but I do enjoy that. That's good, but uh, that, that's, that's me on YouTube. It's all music stuff. I don't, I don't do anything bodybuilding-related on YouTube except for upload my own stuff. Uh, so, and there will be more of that coming, by the way, more of that coming. There, um, I have fallen into a little bit of a rut recently with uh, workout creation, and I have enlisted the help of somebody Yes. Darren seeks help. Further details coming. Um, but what that means is there's going to be a, uh, there we, we've been at an impasse as far as new content and we are busting through that. So I have stuff that I have written that I'm getting some help with um, formatting and getting put into actual workout plans that are ready for public consumption, and then also I'm getting some help in uh, writing some stuff, so I have a little bit of a, uh, a workout creation partner as well, so more to come on that, more details to come soon. Um, how are we doing on time here? We're 40 minutes in. Let's let's do another one. we got time for one more. Let's knock it out.
1: Hey, Darren. What's going on? It's Tom Prattino from up in New York. I just had a quick question about the, uh, this past weekend in the Olympia, specifically, uh, classic physique. um cause I'm of a mindset that open class is a little unrealistic for pretty much everyone in the world. Um and if you think that classic is more, you know, desirable for most people, it's more realistic. Uh, yeah, just wanted to hear your opinion on
0: it. Alright, have a good one. Later. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you calling in. Um, do I think it's more realistic for most people? No, no, I don't. Um, not, not at all. Not, (laughs) not by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, more realistic, I guess. Um, does that mean it's realistic? No, no, it is not. Um, Here's the thing the guys that you get competing in the open or in the 212, because they're basically the same. The only problem is if you're in the 212, it means you're like five foot three. Um, but still, the same general proportions and level of fullness and development uh, is applicable for open and 212. Um, what you're looking at there are the absolute cream of the genetic crop who also all respond really well to anabolics and have their shit together on all fronts. Um, there's really no room for, I mean, you could say like, oh, they didn't have a great prep. They didn't come in super lean, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But they have the absolute best genetics on earth for gaining mass. And they also all respond really well to gear. Um, so there's just such a small number of people that fit that, that category, that description. So in classic physique, uh, you're still looking for the cream of the genetic crop and guys that respond really well to gear. Uh, not quite to the extremes of open, but you're still looking for, you know, the extreme. So instead of the top 0.1%, now you're at like the top 0.6%. Um, so it, it, I do, I think it's more realistic. I certainly don't. I look at those guys. I'm like, yep. Every single one of those fuckers is a total freak, total freak. They're just not, you know, blown up in the cartoonish caricature sense that the guys in open are, um, what what are the differences? Um, like like what what would it take if you wanted to be if you were in classic physique and you wanted to go to open? Um, you know, realistically, you, you can't. I mean, there there is no there is no crossover potential from that unless you want to go into a bunker for four to six years and put on as much size as possible while not competing. Um, you know, basically, if you compete in classic physique at an at an elite level, um, what you've shown is that you are of that genetic makeup, not of a not the genetic makeup of somebody who's gonna go and be competitive in the open. It's really an either or. There isn't really like, you know, you're not gonna take somebody in the open and get them to downsize realistically and be competitive in classic physique because, you know, if if you do that, the goal isn't to lose muscle necessarily, because when you do that you're gonna lose fullness, you're gonna lose pop. It's not gonna be the same physique. You know, you take one of those guys in the open, he's gonna have to drop I don't know what 40 50 pounds to compete in classic physique you're going to be looking at a totally different person and you're probably going to be looking at somebody who at that point wouldn't win a pro card uh, for classic physique just because the the aesthetic is totally different so um no i don't really think there's a lot of uh, i don't think it's very realistic at all um but that being said it's not about realistic for me you know i look at that do i um do i see myself as being a guy that can get up at that level no i don't um does that stop me no I don't care. Am I going to try anyway? Sure. Why not? I mean, not that I want to get up on that stage, but would I like to be at that level aesthetically? Yeah, you're damn right I would. And so am I going to work for that? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. The 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 fact that it's not necessarily the most realistic goal, slow me down. No, I'm a little too stubborn for that. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to try anyway. I'm going to do what I can. And uh, if I can't get there, I'm going to do the best I can and get as far as I can anyway. So... All right. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. I feel now I uh, I think I'm coming down with something. I feel a little sickness coming on. This is no fun. So um, I'm going to go drink a bunch of water. I'm going to go slam some vitamin C. I'm going to go slam some pancakes. And uh, as I mentioned at the onset, um, there will be a new poll that has logos that I need you to vote on. Keep in mind, there will be drop set apparel coming your way soon that has this logo on it. So If you're interested in supporting this podcast, wearing your support on your personage, um, then you owe it to yourself to vote on the logo that will be applied to said apparel. So um, I, uh, I look forward to seeing what they look like. I look forward to putting them up. And once I do, as I said, um, they'll be in my Instagram story. So if you see that, that's your cue to go to thedropset.com and vote. And once again, there will be a short, short window for that, maybe just two days, and then that poll is going to be done and gone. So if you want your voice heard, I need to hear from it. It's going to be this weekend sometime, I do believe. I'm just waiting for the email from Fiverr that says that my designs are available, and as soon as they are, I'm going to grab them, throw them online, and then we will be off to the races. So it is good to be back. I appreciate you all sticking through this and listening. I'm going to go drink water, slam some vitamins, slam some food, and take me a damn nap.